Blog Talk Radio. Prater, P.S. Paul, 
R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. <clears throat> so there are many ways that you can get in contact with us or even see the video version of it. So I just want to make sure that we um, share that with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thank each and every one of you all for tuning in. Thank you all for uh, the new uh, listeners and the new the distributors, distributors that we have. So I thank God for you all. Let's go to the show. Question. Do you feel drained after you've been helping some folks? Uh, there are some folks God sends your way to help. When we choose to help folks that God did not authorize or assign to us, or we go beyond what he told us to do, it can cause us to be physically, mentally, or even spiritually burnt out. So on today's show, we want to talk about using wisdom when helping folks, creating healthy boundaries so you won't get yourself drained or used. We're going to talk about that in much more in the episode called Helping Find Others Without Losing Yourself. Helping Find Others Without Using Yourself. <clears throat> You know, um, when I was looking at this, first of all, and I'd be one of the first ones to admit, y'all know me, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. There have been many times I know I have uh, tried to help folks, and, you know, we try to, if you want to say, do a good deed. And matter of fact, uh, my family used to tell me when I was younger that I was naive. You know, I, I always thought, because I would try to do the right thing, everybody else was going to do the right thing. Because I was honest, I thought everybody else was going to be honest. I had to learn the hard way. And so, uh, matter of fact, even just me working in the jailhouse, that really opened up my eyes. And just imagine somebody just naive and green to life, all of a sudden they are thrown in the jail to work there amongst the liars and the schemers and treacherous people and I ain't even talking about some of the inmates either <laughs> but if you just kind of think about it you're like man that's a from one extreme to another but I realized God had me to work there to grow me up to help me to understand about life and the people that we're dealing with in our life and so that really opened up my eyes and so sometimes if you have to be real with yourself, when you get yourself hurt enough or get used enough, sometimes you have to look at the common denominator. It ain't folks. It's us. There are people that are out there to use you. Let's be real. There are people that are out there to try to manipulate you. There are people that are out there waiting for you to be, quote, unquote, blessed or to succeed so they can borrow something from you, so they can use the mess out of you. <laughs> Look here. You can get yourself a brand new truck. And some people, they'd be saying, man, that's great. Congratulations. Those that really love you. But the mother folks, oh, man, what you doing with that? Say, look here. Uh, can you help me move? You're like, wait a minute. This ain't no moving truck. This is a leisure truck. So there are people that are waiting. 
there are people that are watching your every move. Look, you may not even recognize. They may not say anything, you know, when you're going low, when you're feeling low, when you're not, if you want to say, uh, blessed. But as soon as you get blessed, look here, that's when they want to use your name to kind of, you know, put out there, oh, I'm a, I know this person. Oh, I'm attached to this person. I'm attached to that person. So understand, as long as you're on this earth, there are people that's going to try. I didn't say that they were going to succeed, but they were going to try to use you, try to drain you. So that's why it's so important for us to know so that we can have, we can have the proper tools to eliminate that. You know, even in the Bible, when you think about it, the Bible tells us that, get this, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So what that really mean? The weapon is going to be made, but it will not land at its intended target. Think about it. The weapon was made, but it won't fulfill the task that the devil wanted it to do. So sometimes when you think about the people that may try to come to you, use you, look, people can only go as far as you allow them to, or as far as we allow them to. So that's why it's so important for us to be able to really take the time and just observe, consult God about everything. You know, one of the things we often talk about, the Bible tells us, first of all, the Bible tells us to, you know, there's an old saying, I learned this some time ago, you know, Lay hands subtly on no man. Don't give your trust or your approval to people unless they earn it. Sometimes we give people our respect and we give them our trust. You know, respect is given for free, but trust is supposed to be earned. But unfortunately, we got it backwards. Sometimes we say, oh, they got to earn my respect. They got to earn my respect. Not respect, we give them for free. But what we do oftentimes, we make people earn our respect, but we give them our trust. And we wonder why we get used. We wonder why we get hurt. Now, we're not just talking about pertaining to courtship or dating. No. We talking about friendship. We're talking about family. There are people because, like I said, it's like when you get blessed, TMZ comes and puts the spotlight on you. But I found out, especially when you are an anointed person, especially for an anointed assignment, the anointing gives a fragrance. The anointing brings, it's, it's an attraction. It would not only draw those that are spiritually minded like yourself, but also it could be a repellent to push away people, or it could be an attraction to draw people where God may have to teach you how to, get this, how to use a word we don't often like to use or say. No. No. 
we have to learn to say no to some people. Does that mean that you ain't saved? That had nothing to do with your salvation. Let's put that disclaimer out there. So many times, especially when we get ready to do something, you know, when we have to tell people, no, I can't do this. Oh, oh, you supposed to be a Christian. You know what? I I heard that most of the time, if you really observe the people that say that stuff, watch their lifestyle. Most of them are very manipulative. Some people will use that as a ploy to have a guilt trip. Well, if you really think about it, those that know me, I believe in being real. Let's look at what that really is. That's witchcraft. Manipulation, con games, that's witchcraft. Oftentimes, people just think the witchcraft is just hocus pocus. No, look here. It's a spirit. And you look at what a person's intent or motives are when he's trying to deal with you. Check out a person's motive. When they're trying to be manipulative, well, is that the spirit of God? No, it ain't. Manipulation, that's actually a form of lying. And who's the father of every lie? Satan. So understand when people try to throw those guilt trips at you, you ain't got to fall through on that. Actually, you ain't got to respond. Get this. When people want something from you, they want something from you. Think about it. You have the right to say no. You have permission to say no without feeling guilty. And you still say, love the Lord, hallelujah, and love people. You may even love them, but you tell them no for their benefit. This is for your benefit. This is for their benefit, but also, most importantly, it's for your benefit. So many people, they're so busy at doing for others. They pour out their heart for everybody else, but leave nothing for themselves. I'm going to go back and say this real quick. Like I said, we have to understand that there are some folks that will only reach out to you when they want something. There are some people that will reach out to you when they heard that you got blessed over you see you got blessed. You know, sometimes it's almost like a double-edged sword. You want to show people the goodness of God, but sometimes you're like, no, you know what? This thing can bring a whole lot of attention. And so sometimes you have to you have to give your testimony <laughs> to people personally and directly. Shucks. I had to learn there were times I wanted to, you know, tell God, you know, tell people what God have done in my life and, you know, so many things. But I realized I have to understand my audience. Think about this. You know, back in the day, we grew up in church. Back in the day, we used to announce how much we gave in the church. Excuse me, how much we collected in the church, that's what I'm trying to say. How much we collected in the church. But now, in these day and time, you better announce how much you're collecting in church. Because you know what? <laughs> somebody may be coming to your church to rob you. Matter of fact, somebody may be sitting in the congregation waiting to take you, you know, take something from you. So we have to use wisdom. You have to understand your audience and who your audience is before you begin to start, quote, unquote, sharing information about yourself. 
But like I said, understand there are some people that will only reach out to you when they want something. You know, when you see your call ID, you're like, oh, boy, wait a minute. Something must be wrong. There are some people, you look at their call ID, you're like, something must be wrong. Because they don't call normally. They, they don't have a routine or a pattern to call and check upon you or to give you a text message to say, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you, praying for you, hoping, praying that everything going well. But no, there are some people, hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Well, I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, look here, I'm not going to hold you, but you take care of yourself and I'll talk to you later. Look here. First of all, <laughs> If you want something, get to the point. You know, some and there are some people, hey, man, how you doing? God bless you. Woo, ain't God good, man? I look here, man. I've been seeing you the other day, man. I've been seeing some of your material, man. You're a blessed young man. Man, God is doing a great work in your life. Yes, yes. I can't wait to see where God is going to take you. Man, oh, yes. God going to take you to many places. Watch and see. Look here. Can you loan me $20? You're like, man, this joker right here. <laughs> you know, man, I want to hear that, man. See, that, that's con. You, that, that's flattery. Man, look here. No, no. There are people that are like that. Man, look here. If I tell you some of the stuff, look here. We'll be on the air to 20, 27. There are people that are actually play with your emotions to get what they want. See, what they're trying to do, they're trying to make you put down your guards. You have to make sure that you keep your guards up and set healthy boundaries. Set healthy boundaries. Now, one of the things we have to understand that God wants us to be good stewards. We are supposed to be good stewards pertaining to the possessions or the things that God has given us. Now, stewardship, oftentimes people may think that stewardship is talking about money. It is part of money, but all ain't about money. It's everything pertaining to the things that God has given you responsible for. It could be money. It could be something that's a physical commodity. Or get this, it could also be your time. It could also be your verbiage, your words, your advice. Think about it. You know, you have to be very careful and be responsible for the things that God has given you stewardship over. Or another word for stewardship is manager. Things that God has in your possession, things that God has entrusted with you, you have to be a good steward over it. If not, then you'll be mismanaging what God owns. You you understand? You're the manager, but God is the owner. So if you don't consult God, we have to consult God pertaining to everything that we may do. We have to consult God. In other words, just ask him. Ask him, is this something I'm supposed to do or not? You know, I'm kind of going back and forth, but I want you all to really understand because I want to make sure that we all wake up from this point on and stop allowing ourselves 
to be used. Stop allowing ourselves to miss what God has for us or to give away what God has bestowed for us or upon us. You know, oftentimes we are praying about some things, and if you really just trace things back, some of the things that we are praying for pertaining to peace, pertaining to finances or whatever, God has put it in our possessions, but we have mismanaged it. We have given it away, and it has not been profitable. See, what I found out, whatever God gives us and whatever assignment that God has for us is always going to be profitable and peace that comes with it. The Bible tells us that the blessings of God make us rich and addeth no sorrow. So the blessings of God make us rich and add no sorrow, then why do I have this guilt of disappointment or guilt or condemnation when I have done something for someone? I want you to really examine that. So first, what we need to do, one of the things, one of the things we need to do is think about that old saying it was an old song that used to come on back in the day. We need to get it out of our data bank. The Lord saying, give until it hurts. No. Give until it hurts does not apply to everything in your life. Give until it hurts. No. Pain is a sign that you're going beyond or you're going against nature. See, my elbow is designed to bend this way. If I'm holding my arm erect and I'm bending my elbow up and down, well, my arm was designed to go that way. That's the way God made my elbow to bend if I'm moving it up. But if I try to go the opposite direction, I'm going to break my arm, which is going to cause pain. Now, God's will is for my arm to go this way, not the opposite way. So that pain is an indicator to let me know that I'm doing something that's against the law and the order of nature that God has provided. And that's what we have to understand when we try to do things that God didn't authorize us, it's going to cause pain. Now, that pain may be discomfort, that pain may be sorrow, that pain may be a loss, that pain may be uh, a negative, maybe something where it's not profitable mentally, physically, emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually. So it's so important to get that mindset of give until it hurts. No. Or here's another one. No, I'm not going to sing it now. But no pain, no gain. No. Mm -mm. And you know what? Many people try to use that to give an excuse of helping someone that God's not authorized them to help. And that help could be not just pertaining to finances all the time, but even love. Hmm. 
There are so many people that are in a relationship right now that God didn't authorize. Hey, what I found out, some people, they fell into a relationship to try to help somebody. But understand, that's not a relationship. That's charity. You know, that's a mission. That's a mission field. And so many people, well, you know, I'm helping him get on his feet. You know, he's a good person or she's a good person. They got a good heart. You're setting yourself up. That's not your assignment. One thing we have to do is really just really just think about it. If we just detach ourselves and detach our emotions from the situation, let's ask. If my best friend was in the same situation, then what would I tell them? Well, you know, well, uh-uh, oh, you know. Matter of fact, let's bring it on home. If your son, excuse me, if your daughter was in the same situation as you, if your daughter was in the same situation as you, what would you tell your daughter? Oh, well, look here. My daughter could do so much better. Well, how about your daughter's mother? do better stop having people as a charity even though the word charity means quote unquote love but your particular excuse for charity ain't love it's ministry or mission field Every, so many people in an unhealthy relationship so many people are in this Mother Teresa relationship. They're doing, they're giving, they are just standing there and allowing themselves to be used and wasted up. And all we going on are hopes and potentials instead of reality. So understand, there are some people that God has assigned for you to help. There are some people that you can give to help, but... The first thing you have to do is consult God about it. The Bible tells us if we acknowledge him in all of our ways, he shall direct our path or meaning make our pathway straight. In other words, removing the obstacles in order for us to see clearly, not just see with our physical senses, but see and hear with our spiritual senses. See God's fingerprint in this situation. Is this God? order? Is this God's fingerprints? Is it the devil's fingerprints? Or is it my fingerprints? I found that there are some things that God will send. There are some people that God will send. There are some situations that Satan will create, but then there are others that we create ourselves. Not true enough. God will not put more put more upon us than we're able to bear. That's with his strength. God will not put more upon us than we're able to bear, but we dump a whole lot more that God didn't intend for us to have. And you know what? We can't blame the devil. The devil had nothing to do with it. The devil wasn't even in, you know, around. It's us. Sometimes it's our lacking, whatever we're lacking, whatever we're missing in our life, we create or recreate something that God didn't authorize us. We create pursuits. 
that God never intended. Let's be real, you know. So with that, it's so important for us to understand what do we do? We have to understand you have to give when you're helping others. First of all, of course, we consult God pertaining to uh, is, is this something I should do or not? Is this something I should help with this person or not? What we have to do, like I said, consult God. The other thing is you give what you can afford. You give what you can afford. In other words, you give what you can afford to miss. You give what you can afford to miss. Now, when you give, give as if you know you may not get a return. Think about it. But also what you have to do, you have to set the healthy boundaries up where the boundaries are non-biased. In other words, what's good for this person is going to be the same rules that we're going to apply for that person. You have to have some type of personal operating procedure where you're going to hold yourself accountable for it. You have to understand this is for your good. This is for your benefit. This is for your possession. This is for your quality time. This is for your peace. This is for your sanity. This is for you. Okay, you may love helping people. Okay, that's fine and dandy, but if you really think about it, have you examined why? If you if you don't go out to help someone, would it make you feel uncomfortable? Would it bother you? Now, there are some people that God has gifted to help. That means with the ability as well as the resources. But if you say you love to help people and you have no resources that God has given you, then let's take an examination. Why are you doing it? Well, it's more so of if God didn't give you the resources nor the permission for you to do it, then are you doing it to feel validated? Let's be honest. Are you doing it to feel validated? Are you doing it because you want to get recognized? You want an acknowledgement? You may not get acknowledged by those that you know or love, so you rather get acknowledgement from people that you don't know. You 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 risking, you risking your time, your talent, your peace of mind. You you risking that to be a waste. So. We have to really just look at things and call it like it is. We have to do a self-examination. Get this. The other word for it is check your motives of why you're doing it. You know, when we really be honest with ourselves, like I said, do a self-examination, allow God to use his, quote, unquote, spiritual detection method, his spiritual detectors to really examine the heart of us. Because God knows our heart. God knows our motives. God knows the way our thinking is. So be real with yourself and ask God to expose, is this a selfish or selfless act that I'm doing? If you have yourself, even if it's 1%, if you want a quote-unquote gratification, 
then Ashley, I don't care if you have a 99% reason of you trying to do it for them. If that 1% is you, that 1% is going to overshadow that 99%. Think about it. If you have pure, let's say, a steak, 99%, let's say 99% fat-free, but it's 1% of rat poison, 1% of red poison, would you eat it? Hopefully you say no. Because you want your steak to either be 99% fat free and all pure meat, but zero poison. Why? Because that 1% of poison, as minute it could be, it could be harmful or fatal. So if you think about it, don't allow that self to contaminate your motive or you trying to help someone. And I mean help those that God has authorized you to help. Being able to look at being able to look at can you afford to give? Now, let's look at this. Where do we give from? Where do we give from? You know, in the Bible, it tells us, uh, actually, it's uh, Psalms 23, 5 and 6, talk about my cup runneth over. The, that cup represents life. Matter of fact, even when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Garden of Gethsemane he said, God, Father, let this cup pass me. But later on, he said, but Lord, not my will, but your will be done. But that cup represents life. That cup represents life. So God has allowed your cup to run us over. Now, where do you give to people? Or what source or resource? Because God is our source. What resources do you give to people? You don't give to people from your cup. You give to people from your overflow. You give to people not from your cup, but you give to people from the saucer that's under the cup. See, as long as you're able to have all that you need, as long as you have the nourishment and the resources within your cup, then you can fulfill the purpose and the assignment that God has for you. But if you give them to people from your cup, then you run yourself empty. It's like you having a cup, and while you have your cup filled, there are straws in your cup that's drinking for others, that other people are drinking from your cup. So you have to understand, people were not, you're responsible for your cup. You're not supposed to give people permission to have their straw or their lips in your cup. The cup is for you. The saucer is for others. Always, always tell people to think about this. You have to think about that person who's in your mirror. Also, for those who may be parents, if you don't do it for yourself, you got to do it for your children's mother or your children's father, whoever you may be. You have to do it for yourself. So 
And given what you can afford, you can afford from what comes from your saucer. You can't afford what goes into your cup. Because even if you if you're in a season where there's nothing in your saucer, you still have your reserve in your cup, and that reserve is for you. You know, it's just like I found out an ant. An ant has two stomachs. There's two stomachs. One stomach is for themselves, and the other stomach is for the colony. So when you think about yourself, and the Bible also tells us about consider the ants. They can, you know, they want us to look at and examine the ants how they work together, networking. That's why they call colony. But understand, not only in them working together, and they can pick up double, triple their weight size. They work together, but they understand the importance of not only working together, but taking care of themselves. But we have the living spirit of God in us, and we fail. We miss it. We got to do better. So that's why it's so important for us to think about give what you can afford, but also you have to think about this. You have to, you have to understand when you give in your cup and your saucer, think about your cup and your saucer as an emotional bank account. You have a spiritual and emotional bank account that cannot be without funds. It cannot be without funds. You never know when those, quote, unquote, when them direct deposits, or excuse me, not direct deposits, but them uh, automatic drafts, automatic drafts, they come out. Sometimes life will bring these spiritual or emotional automatic drafts out of the blue. You know, um, let's just say if all I'm doing is just thinking about just trying to help others, trying to help others, trying to help others, but not understand or not realizing that my family may need me to give extra or to give something. There may be some emergency that comes. It's part of life. But are you prepared for those emergencies? We have to be a better steward. So understand, like I said, pertaining to dating, Friendships. So many times, people get into friendships, and they be buddy buddy because that person is a good person, but because that person have let their guard down because they're listening to this person that's trying to use them, that's butting them up. Oh, you're my best friend. Yeah, you know what? You really helped me. There's an old saying I heard: a friend in need is a friend indeed. No. A friend in, excuse me, a friend always in need ain't no friend indeed. Think about it. Every time you see that person, every time you around, that person always comes to you. They always needy. They always come up to you. But get this. You might be a trusting person. You might be a, you might be a loyal friend. But how about you get the quality of friends like you are to others? Hmm. You know what? I needed that a couple years ago. 
You got to be the quality of friends. You need to receive the quality of friends that's yours to other people. If not, you're going to run yourself ragged. You're going to always be drained. This is what I found out. I found out that really blessed me. I found out that when I really looked at Moses in the burning bush, Moses in the burning bush, Moses saw the burning bush, and it was not burnt out. It was not burnt up. And God was speaking to Moses through the burning bush. The burning bush was a sight that was, you know, eye-catching, attention-catching. You're like, wow, what? And he heard the voice of God. But what I realized, God was showing me that that also is a metaphor that he's trying to show us in our life. Get this. When God has assigned you to do something, there's a burning that comes within you that doesn't burn out. What happened, whenever there's a burn, even if we're doing something that God wants us to do, but when we burn out, that means that we have allowed some disobedience or we have allowed some method that God did not authorize us to do to be incorporated in the assignment that God had for us to do. God may tell you to, hey, look, girl, I want you to do this, and I want you to do this um, from one to three. That's it. But what happened, because I'm doing it and God gave me the assignment, but also he gave me the instructions. But because I say I'm doing the work of the Lord and instead of me doing it from one to three like God told me to do, I'm going to go ahead and do it from one to nine. One to nine, and then the next day, one to ten, and then the next day, one to one. And but uh, I'm so tired, I'm drained. I'm like, man, what is, oh, God, God, I need you to help me. God, you told me to do it. Yeah, God told you to do it, but he didn't tell you how to do it like that. God always give us instructions. But what happened whenever we incorporate our ideology, instead of doing it the way God told us to do it, we're going to burn ourselves out. You think about Noah. Noah built something that never was created for something that never occurred. Noah built an ark for the storm that was coming around the world. But what did he do? He took specific instructions from God took those specific instructions and not only saved his family, but also the animal kingdom. So you have to have the mindset of Noah. Do exactly what God told you to do. Imagine Noah making one side of the ark, even if it was an inch shorter than what God told him to do. He would have disobeyed God. And it probably would have been a leak on the ark. Think about it. So we have to do it exactly how God told us to do. Also, like I mentioned earlier, we have to learn to say no and be fine with it. We got to be okay with telling people no. This happened to me a couple years ago. I was at work. I was at work. When I was at work, um, this young lady wanted me to do something for her. And, of course, I was the youngest person 
that was on that particular floor. And so she asked me to do something, and I really didn't want to do it. But I went on, and I was going to go ahead and do it anyway. And so there was a an older gentleman that was beside him, excuse me, that was beside her, and he said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this for Both of them are sitting down chilling. I'm going to go ahead and do this for He said, do you want to do it? And she was just standing there just looking. Do you want to do it? I said, I'll go ahead and do it. He said, no, 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 I didn't ask you that. I asked you, do you want to do it? I said, well, not really. He said, well, sit down and don't do it. I said, well, I was just trying to be nice. And both of them come to find out that both of them were working together to talk to me and give me a lesson because you have to understand you have a voice. If it's something that you don't want to do, especially not just what you can't afford to do, you got to tell people. You know, Now, I understand. It, now, you have to look at, I want us to use wisdom. We have to look at the situation. For example, if somebody calls you and say, hey, I need you to take me to the hospital. I think I'm going to have my baby. Look here. You ain't even got to pray about that. Oh, no, let me see. Father God, do I need to take this baby, uh, take this person to the hospital for them to have a baby? No. Come on. Let's use wisdom. Matter of fact, call the ambulance. You know, I'll meet you there. We got to use wisdom. But so many times, we end up we end up just making wrong decisions. What better way to say it? We just make wrong decisions. <laughs> but God wants us to be a better steward with our thinking, with our decision making. Also, learning to say no and like I said, putting healthy boundaries and also get this. Always ask that God tell you to do it. In other words, are they your assignment? There are some people, like I said, that are not our assignment. There are some people that are our assignment, but you have to ask God to give you the wisdom for you to discern, for you to recognize what's your assignment or who's your assignment and who's not. God holds you responsible. So with that, putting on healthy boundaries, you consulting God and for you to have the verbiage to say no. You have to learn to say no. And like I said, learn to say no and be cool with it. Be all right with it. Out allowing people to make you have a guilt trip. Like I said, there are so many people who may have guilt trip because, like I said, those that know me, I work in the jail. It's so many people who children Call their mama. You know, you know, they call their mama, you know, the one that they cussed out, the one that every time they go over to their mama's house, they want to smoke weed. You know, they call their mama, but then when they get in trouble, oh, don't forget, they'll cuss out their mama. Sometimes when they go over to their mama's house, they eat up all the food, <laughs> but then all of a sudden they want to come home anytime they want to. But when they get in trouble, they want to call mama to bail them out. So many times, mama have been that safety net. And get this, mama been a safety net, and every time they fallen, mama is the one that's getting hurt. Mama is the one that's spending all her money. Mama is the one that's staying up, and it's nice, worried about her baby. 
while the baby's in jail chilling. You know, I, I, I've seen that, you know, just being at work and I see things and I see the mothers riding the bus. So I, a matter of fact, I've seen mothers riding the bus and they get off the bus, they on crutches coming to see their baby. And their baby just losing their mind, disrespecting their mother. <laughs> and we like, where your dad at? Well, you know, um, he, he told me to tough it out. That's what you need. I'm going to say this. Please, please, please. I got to say this as a disclaimer because I'm a man and I work in the jail. Mothers, mothers, you love your child, but you have to give them tough love. Tough love doesn't mean that you don't love them. Tough love is you removing yourself from the responsibility that they supposed to do. And I can say, I see it all the time. Now, true enough, there are some fathers that come up in there, and one thing I always say, as a disclaimer, everybody in jail ain't guilty. They say that. Everybody in jail ain't guilty. But you know your child. Let's be honest. You know your child. If your child, you know your child, you know, uh, uh, robbing people and all that stuff, look here, stop being in denial. You know your child. You know how your child, it, look, if you take off the blinders off your off your eyes, you know your child did that. Come on. Well, you know, I just, mm-mm. no. So, and then also, I'm going to say this. This is another disclaimer. If you know, if you know that that person, if you know that person has been abusive, if that person that you've been has been abusing you, if you have pressed charges, please do not drop the charges. Do not drop your, do not drop the charge. Do not drop the charges. If someone been beating up on you, hit you, threaten you, it's time to get the authorities involved and it's time to leave immediately. I don't care if you're single or married, leave immediately. And I had somebody tell me, well, you know, well, you know, God hate divorce. Yeah, but God hate domestic violence too. Well, you know, I, I, you know, we have history. Well, guess what? History can repeat itself. Think about it. You know, quit using excuses. You know, I see so many people use excuses, and they wonder why they're not progressing in life. What if your wrong decision, what if your mismanagement is holding you back? God want to, look, God want to bless you, but he can't trust you because you will give to somebody that he didn't authorize you to give. You up here thinking, oh, uh, God bless us. No, God trying to bless you, but you're going to end up shaking hands with the devil, making a deal with the devil. No, God may be withholding that for you to detox yourself from this. That's for free. So understanding that this is so important. God wants you God wants you to learn how to say no 
And also, God wants you to understand and seek him for him to reveal who's your assignment, who is and who's not. Also, think about this. When we help people, like I said, we give from the saucer, not from the cup. But also, when you give, when you try to help somebody, make sure that you show them what you're doing. You show them what you're doing, not only for them to understand that it took you, you laboring to do this, and they should be appreciative, but also for them to be able to know how to do it for themselves. There's an old saying that says, give a man a fish, you feed him a day, but teach a man how to fish, you feed him a lifetime. So if you're teaching someone how to fish, not only they should have the the will or the desire to learn, but do you see what they're coming to the table with? If you're teaching them, see, are they always going to come empty-handed or will they come with their own rod? Think about it. That will let you know that this person means business, but God also want to wake you up to for you to see, man, this person run a game. This person ain't doing that, you know. You know, so that's something that we have to understand for God to be able to help us and for God to really just open up our eyes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this real quick. We got a, we have a guest on the, yeah, we have a guest that's wanted to, uh, come in. We're gonna let this person come in right quick. Okay. Okay. Okay, just didn't understand that this is Reconnect My Heart podcast, Christian podcast. Okay, there he is. Hello, sir. How you doing today? and I appreciate for everything. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And th- this is what it's all about. This is this is what ministry is about. You know, I, I love to be able to see God move in people's lives. I love to see God people blessed. But also, I love to see God's people informed. You know, it's more than just us reading the Bible. For us to study the Bible, for us to know who God is, who we are in God, and the benefits as his children. You know, that's something that we really, really, really have to understand. And also for us to understand that the word of God is for us to be able to understand and enjoy. You know, everything pertaining to this life, God has answered for it. God is concerned about every aspect of our life, but also everything pertaining to what we deal with in life, what we've dealt with, what we are dealing with, and what we will deal with, 
is somewhere in the Word of God. There's somebody, there's someone that's in the Bible that has gone through or this somewhat similar situation to what we're dealing with. So, you know, we got to look at what God's Word says and have it in its proper context. That is so important. You, you, you think about the Word of God as medicine. Now, if I, if I have a headache, what do I need? I need Tylenol. I need some type of pain medicine for my head. But if I have a headache, would insulin help? Would nitroglycerin help? No. Would foot cream help? No. Even though those are medicines, but it's not prescribed for that particular ailment that I'm dealing with. Same thing pertaining to the Word of God. The Word of God, there was an old saying that actually Dr. Fred Price actually said, the Word of God alone would not win battles. It's the Word of God in its proper use. That's what win battles. So it's so important for us to understand what did God say pertaining to that situation. So if we really start examining what God's word said about our situation, then we can start seeing the word of God come alive in our life and realize, wow, God was deep. I mean, man, I did not know that. And so many times we've had, I know I've had wild moments like, wow, that what that mean? Wow. Why, it's interesting. You know, so with that, God wants you to be able to look at how much he loves you, how much he loves you, and what he wants to do for you. But we got to be in the right rhythm. We got to be in the right lane for us to be able to not just receive the blessing of God, but for us to recognize. Sometimes God's blessing is removing us from people that mean us no good. Sometimes God will remove toxic people out of your life. And as you, look, as you leave or as they leave, thank God for it. I found out count everything joy. There are some people, especially when you start saying no, when you put your foot down. And, and like I said, you ain't got to explain to people about why you're saying no about things that pertain to you. That's not your problem. That's their problem. Okay, so let me give you an example. I asked you if I could use your car. Now, think about it. I asked you if I could use your car. There should be a yes or a no. All I did was ask you, ask you what your answer may be. Now, if you say yes, okay, well, I appreciate that. Now, use it. But if you say no, you answered my question. I, I mean, I like the answer, but you gave me an answer to the question that I ask. So when you're dealing with people, if they don't like your if they don't like your answer to their question, that's not your problem. It's their problem. And stop trying to be well. You know, well, you know, I got it. I got look here. Somebody asked, but can I? Nah. Well, why not? Why are you asking? None of your business. Yeah, I mean, look here. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Some people they know who to ask. <laughs> they know who to ask, and not just pertaining to 
you know, what can I do? Can I do it? No. But that why, why I can't, why I can't, you know, they know who to ask, and then they know who not to ask. Sometimes it just takes one good time to put a person in their place. None of your business. Just, to, just be, and you, like I said, and you still save. Yes. So you can't let people to use you. Don't you know when you let people look, uh, use you, when you allow people to use you, don't you know? Not only you're being a bad steward, but you're disrespecting God because God is the owner and you know what they're going to do with it. They ask you for some, well, I, I need, I need uh, $3, I'll say $5. I need $5 for some diapers. I need $5 for some diapers. Oh, you need $5 for some diapers. But you got a whole bag of weed in your possession. But you saying five dollars for some diapers. Well, how about you would have used thirty-five dollars instead of you buying that weed? You should have bought some diapers. Plus, diapers don't cost five dollars no more. Ain't no food. <laughs> Come on now. So understand whatever we know. And we participate. Don't you know God can hold us responsible for that too? We're just as guilty as the one that's going to mismanage what we gave them that pertains to God. In other words, that we are accomplice, accomplices, or if you want to say guilty by association, you know, you know. Don't be naive. Don't turn a blind eye. God wants you to be observant. Watch, look. There's all saying to say, look and learn. We got to do better. Got to do better. So God wants us to do. God wants to do because this is for our benefit and His glory. So if we want the blessings of God, we got to understand who we participating with. Who are we participating with? And trying to help out that God didn't authorize. Think about it. So with that being said, I want each and every one of us to really start doing a better a better job, a better assignment in choosing the people that we help and not depleting ourselves. God never intended for us to get burnt out for us to get used, for us to be physically, mentally, spiritually, financially fatigued. So we can help people, but help those that God assigned you to help. Also, even if he assigned you to help them people, but also ask him, consult him, where's the cutoff point? There are some people that may be in your path, that you may be the reference. There's old saying, well, they don't say it, there's old saying. But in the scripture, it tells us there's one plant, one water, but it's God's gifts to increase. So your job may not be the one that have to uh, plant and water and increase. No. God may have you to do a little bit to impart here and to assign them somewhere else. You might be the pit stop. 
But the most important thing for you to consult God about everything and not to take it personal when people move on. Your job is finished. Your purpose has been fulfilled. That's it. Matter of fact, I found out in the hospital, I found out that, you know, once, you know, once you're up and running, they always say, especially when a person has surgery, they want to make sure that that person can use the restroom. Once that person can use the restroom, they kind of got some mojo going. Hey, it's time to kick them out. Somebody else needs that bed. And so be okay with allowing a person to graduate from your presence. You know, like I said, and we can't take it personal, you know. So with that being said, just in case, matter of fact, I'll see someone else uh, online. We'll give them a few minutes to come on up here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart. How are you doing today? Doing great, doing great, doing great. Well, I, I, honestly, I wanted to come on here because there's something you said earlier. I just was like, oh, I could talk about that for a while. I mean, hours, but I don't got hours, so that's okay. <laughs> um, when, when you're talking about, you know, the whole idea of not overwhelming yourself with, um, you know, trying to make sure, like, everybody's happy and you take care of everyone. I, I lived up in Canada for 10 years. Um, I served a mission up there for my church, and then I went back. I was with my late wife, Lorraine, up there for 10 years. She was always super, super sick with, like, everything. Um, and after a while, you know, I you know, hear people asking, you know, you're going to get caregiver burnout, you know, after, like, five or six years of caring for her medical needs. And a broken healthcare system, I was like, uh, I already passed the point of caregiver burnout, like, 10 times, guys. Like, that's this is old news. And something I learned from that experience with, you know, seeing God's hand in the whole process um, was that it was his way of teaching me that there has to be a balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and something I just love, one of the apostles in our church, in the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, he's like, when he's talking about balance, he was making the analogy of spinning plates. Like, you know, they like the circus acts, like they're having all these poles with spinning plates on them and stuff. Yeah. When someone asked him about how do I maintain balance, um, between work and, you know, religious activity and home life and my family and whatever. And he was like, balance? What do you mean? Like, you can't, you can't do all those things at once. There's no such thing as perfect balance. It doesn't exist. You know, when, you, when it's time to spin the work plate, spin the work plate. When it's time to spin the family plate, you spin that plate. Just make sure you're spinning them in a way that one of them doesn't fall off. And if there's too many to spin, well, then maybe you need to let one fall off and focus on what matters most. Keep the family and the God plate spinning, and past that, whatever else you can do, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, it's always been a matter of, um, yes, yeah, like, like, look for ways that see, see how good you can possibly be. But, you know, make sure that you have the spiritual recharge you need, time with God to refresh, to recharge, so that you don't find yourself overwhelmed in a moment where it matters the most, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of something I've learned over the years. You know that is that is so true. And matter of fact, um, this is what I started doing when my son was smaller. He he's uh he'll be eighteen this year, and uh, 
when he was small, what I always wanted to do was make sure for him to know that he was, of course, other than God, but he was number one. And I made sure with my time with him, I did not schedule any speaking engagement or ministries because I wanted to make sure that he knew daddy. I wanted to make sure, I wanted to make sure that when he was with me, that he knew daddy. And I was also careful in, you know, my conversations that I would have with people. Um, Now, if I wanted to, if I needed to talk to someone uh, or something like that, then I always made sure that I spoke to them outside of my time with him. Now, if there was an emergency or something, then I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll take it real quick and, uh, and schedule an appointment at another time. But also what I started doing was making sure that when I did, when I did uh, let's say if something happened where, you know, we were going to church, okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go to church and always let him know in advance. So that way he can, he can see uh, daddy in ministry, but for him to understand that the first ministry was him. Yeah. And there's, I, there's actually, um, in our church, there's this thing called the proclamation to the world. But the full title is the family of proclamation to the world. And one of the things that says in there, um, and this was like read back in like 1995 when it was first released you know, by the prophet in our church, where he said, you know, like the, the number one priority of any father and mother in their family needs to be each other and then their kids. <laughs> and everything else if, like, if something else takes precedence over that, in fact, I think at the end there's a part where it says, um, and I'm, I'm going to end up paraphrasing it, where it says, um, those who discharge family duties of caring and loving for their spouse and offspring will one day stand accountable before God. And it's like, that that's where it's supposed to be. You know, that's why in, in the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, one of our hugest focuses is on family relations because it's the one unit that we believe will actually endure into the eternities you know so it's like you know that it'd be it's taught as the fundamental unit of society is, is the family and so you know if in my opinion if you're not you know keeping your family centered together on the lord and you're not keeping that you know togetherness as your focus and you're losing sight of that over time for other less important things, even, you know, for things like you know, work or whatever else it is as important as some of those things may be. If your family isn't your number one focus and you're not uniting your family in the Lord, then everything else eventually is just kind of fall apart. <laughs> That's how it happens. So yeah. Just kind of throw that out there. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, and I'm a, I'm a seventies kid, uh, growing up, it was, Back then, not now, but back then, it was like everything was a sin. You know, if I wanted to play basketball with my son, oh no, you can't do that. You you going to hell? You know, like it it, it, it was. You know, we used to hear that, and uh, and then also even just being able to to um, just sit down, laugh, and just enjoy fellowship. So now, thank God, thank God that we have the understanding the proper understanding of scripture and also relationship you know exactly yeah well I, like I, I spend about I don't know 15 20 minutes a day in my scriptures in the morning you know to help me kind of just keep my focus on God and then 
throughout the day, at least I have something at that point to draw back on. You know, something rough comes up. Where did I go? I have that, that in my mind. Then, okay, I think back. What did I read this morning in my scriptures? How can I help apply it to the situation? And that way, it's like, you know, I can make it so that I'm not constantly preoccupied with just one thing. You know, mm-hmm. I can like make it about, okay, well, this is this is time with my wife. I spent my time my scriptures today. Yeah, you know, we can pray together and do those things, but we also need to have time where we're like actually building a relationship. Like you mentioned, the playing basketball with your son, right? Yeah. I think it's funny that like you always say people like anyone in my mind who thinks that is a sin. I'm like, you're building a relationship with the with you know son and father the same way God would want us to build a relationship with Him. Hmm. What's so wrong about that? You know? (laughs) Yeah, I think especially during that time, it was because of lack of understanding of Scripture. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times they automatically assume that if you're not in the church and active 24-7, then you can cause yourself to fall and to do some things that, you know, God don't want you to do, you know. But like I said, that was that was back in the 70s. Yeah, church has its purpose, of course, but it's like 24-7 either in the scriptures or on our knees. It's like we're out doing things, being productive members of society and helping people come. Honestly, setting a good example, hopefully, of what a Christ-centered work life, and yes, that can be a thing, mm-hmm. what that's supposed to be like, right? If you're being a productive member of society, contributing to people's happiness, um, and you're doing so in a way that doesn't violate commandments of God, you know, I think God would smile on that. So Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I always tell people, it ain't how high you jump when you shout, but it's how you walk where you land. And so, yeah, <laughs> it ain't how high you jump when you shout, but it's how you walk when you land. You know, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I ain't going to charge for it. It's for free. It's for free, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's so important for us to really just, you know, I, Look at how we treat each other, and also, like I said, even with my son, I was I was telling him this a couple of months ago, I believe. I tell him this often, um, but it hit me the other day when I was telling him that I kind of went into more in depth. But I told him there are many people that I know they call me brother Prater. There's some that call me friend. There are some that call me by a nickname, but there are many people that call me many things, but he's the only one that can call me daddy. And so with that, when when he says daddy, he has his father, he has that listening ear, he has the minister, he has all of that all in one, and I'm accessible twenty four seven, and so, so, so with it, and I will, I will say that cause I want to, I want to make sure that um, this might even be, you know, something else that somebody may need to know, you know, even though his mom and I aren't together, but I do appreciate even the level of respect that she has towards me, and for me to be able to, you know, have my time with him and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I want to even let some guys know, guys and young ladies know, you know, when you have a child and you're co-parenting, the most important thing, as long as you're doing what's right, you leave everything else in the hands of God. You do your part. That, that's, wow. 
might like uh, with the talk we did tonight with my cousin Julian and I earlier about uh, there's a book we're going through called Without Offense, The Art of Giving and Receiving Criticism. Mm-hmm. It's by Dr. John Lund. We actually talked a lot about that tonight with the whole, um, you know, like making sure that your relationship with your children is not something that you're, you know, trying to divide up multiple ways and, you know, like you're making mighty prayer and respect a part of that whole dynamic. Wow. Well, well, I'll tell you what, I definitely appreciate you and I'm definitely going to be back on uh, next week. I come on every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I really appreciate even your, your food for thoughts, your nuggets you gave. And, and I pray that God help you to be able to even just partake and share in your ministry, in your field, and also I'm praying that God, uh, even in the situations pertaining to your life, I'm praying that God um, release some things. I'm praying that God um, bring some things to pass that you have before him. And um, I appreciate you even just chiming in and just, um, you know, just even just uh, coming in and just fellowshipping with us. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks so much. If you guys are by the way, if you guys want to hear more about this uh, book series we're doing, follow Brother, oh, by the way, follow Brother Trader because he's obviously got some good stuff every week for you. Um, uh, we also come listen to the book series that my cousin Julie and I are doing. Okay. Um, check out the Stepping into Freedom pod. Get that one a shout out before I go. There's a lot of good addiction recovery stories on there and just awesome examples of Christ-like discipleship. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think y'all, thank God for that, um, that come that uh young man coming in and that was that was really great. Uh, so what we're gonna do now, we're gonna get ready to come together as a family to pray. You know, one of the things I always tell people, you know, no matter what situation that we're in, no matter what topic or conversation that we have and we always wanna make sure to let people know that God is able to do any and everything. And just in case someone who may be listening, who may not be saved Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior and believe in the heart that God is raising from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. <clears throat> no matter what situation or no matter what conversation, you know, we always want to make sure that we extend, extend salvation, extend the door, how to say the doors of the church being open. For those who may not know Christ, they can know him, they can have him in their life. And I'm telling you, the only regret was I was saved when I was young. I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior when I was young, but I did not get the full understanding of who I am, who I was, who he was, you know, Sometimes, you know, growing up, we might have taken church for granted. But now as an older guy, as a seasoned guy, you know, I feel I feel great, not just physically, but spiritually. And I tell people that the same God that did it for me, and don't think, oh, I don't know, uh, I've never experienced anything. Look here, I may not look like what I've been through, but I've been through some things. There are some things I may not sure, but those that know me, oh, myself, my family, you know, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. Even me directly in person, I've been through a lot. But one thing about it, what I found out 
in the midst of everything that we've gone through, in the midst of everything I've gone through, one of the things I realized, I told God to help me to be able to have what I went through to be something I could use that's going to be able to help me to be the man that he called me to be, and that's what he's doing. And so I want to tell you, everything that you went through, even those that may have used you, those that may have done you wrong, all this stuff, don't let that destroy you. Don't let that make you give up on trusting God or even dealing with people. Mm. I know sometimes we get so fed up because we're sick and tired of being used, being hurt, but this is a time for you to really ask God to clean up them spiritual earwaxes, for you to be able to have them, uh, 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 what you call it, um, cataracts, spiritual cataracts off your eyes, for you to be able to hear him and see him. So that way you can learn from your mistakes. And I'll say this, one thing my dad is, I've always said this, and I always say it all the time, but my dad always say a wise man learn from his mistakes. But a wiser man learn from somebody else's mistakes. So allow my testimony encourage you that the same God that did it for me can do it for you. Let us pray. They have the Father, we coming to you right now. But thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We coming to you right now, God. Ask you, God, to forgive us, God. If there's anything we just said, done, or thought, or felt that was unlike you, God. We ask you, God, to forgive us, God. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. We coming to you right now, God, ask God to help us right now, God. We have made some mistakes in our life, God. We have allowed people to use us. We have even ignored the advice and the commands you have given us. So, God, we ask you right now, God, not only to forgive us, God, but God, help us, God, to forgive ourselves right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we're speaking right now, God, that you restore our mind, our body, our spirit, man, right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we have allowed ourselves to be used. We have allowed ourselves to run rapid. We have done things that was not your assignment, that had, that had not been. So, God, we ask you to help us, God, and to forgive us, God, and help us, God, to forgive ourselves. God, we're speaking, God, that you help us, God, to have the attentive ears and attentive sight for us to be able to do what you help us to do right now, God. Help us, God, to be led by your spirit, God. Help us, God, to recognize your leading right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we bind everything the devil stands for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, God, for not giving up on us, God. We thank you, Lord, for another chance right now in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy, God, that continues to pour out on us, God. God. We thank you for it right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speaking, God, for those who may have been hurt right now, God, those who may have had their dreams shattered, those who may have their trust broken right now, God. Help them right now, God, to give that to you, God. Every hurt, every disappointment right now, in the name of Jesus, every anger. God, we speaking right now, God, even those who may have that anger spirit, those that may have a, a resentment or unforgiveness, God, help them and give them that desire to release it over to you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we even speaking right now, God, even though they may have forgiven them, God, but help them to understand that trust must be earned right now. And just because they forgive doesn't mean that they have to trust. So God, help them, God, to have the wisdom to understand what true forgiveness is and what true forgiveness ain't right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we even speaking right now, God. We're speaking right now, God, that you're going to the hospital room right now, God. 
touch and heal right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we hold up Kevin Green right now, God. We hold him up before you right now, God. You know every issue right now, God. You know what's going on right now. So, God, we speaking right now that you bring divine healing right now from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet right now, God. And, God, we speaking, God, to the family, God, to Kathy, God, and the rest of the family, God. Encourage their heart, God. Comfort their heart right now, God. Hold their head up right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And, Lord, not only, God, to supply their needs, God, but to continue to supply their desires desires right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for Derek Floyd right now, God. Continue to help him, God. Continue, God, to heal him right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we're speaking right now, God, that you, that you do a new thing in that family right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you even supply the needs, God. God, we speaking, God, for grants right now, God, even for the business right now, God. In the name of Jesus, break for visions right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we're speaking right now, God, a hedge of protection right now, God, even towards the family, the kids right now, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind the like the spirit of backlash right now. We counsel that assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind every witchcraft spirit the devil may try to put upon people right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind that manipulative spirit, the inner manipulative spirit or manipulative games right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we seek it right now, God. As we approach God, ourselves getting ready for work in the morning, God. We speaking, God, that you put a head of protection and give us the wisdom right now, God, and how would how to deal with uh, uh people right now, God. How to deal with uh problem makers or how to even resolve conflict right now, God. God, even those who may be problematic right now, God. If that ain't our problem, that's your problem. So we sending them to you right now, God. We sending the problem to you right now, once and for all, right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, even those who may be dealing with turbulent supervisors right now, God. God, we speaking right now, God, touch the supervisor's heart right now, God. Touch their heart to do the right thing. Do what protocol calls for them to do. Do what policy calls for them to do right now. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speaking, God, that you help us, God, to do our best, God. Do it with integrity, God. Do it in love right now, God. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to stay focused on what we're supposed to do. And God, help us, God, to get our minds and our attention off of other people. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for a safe week, a blessed work week right now, God. Even for the children, God. We're speaking right now, God. Someone who may try to do some devilment things, we're speaking, God, that you expose it right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that that's the trick of the enemy that's bringing all this violence and stuff within the schools, within the streets, even within the White House or even other uh, places in law enforcement or even in places in the government. We're speaking that you give your people that desire to hear you and respond in obedience right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, I'm Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Piers and Paul, R-A-T as in Tom, E-R. Uh, you're welcome to catch me on Facebook where I have my daily devotions and my videos.
Also, you can go to my website at brotherprater.com. Brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotion, also my videos, and also personal appearances. Also, uh, you can go to the store section where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men their needs and their responsibilities towards their family, their children, even their children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not. But also, I talked to the ladies on here also to talk to them about um, choosing a better uh, uh, choosing a, a better quality of men and also choosing a potential future husbands and or present or future uh, fathers to their children within marriage. Also, this book right here, my next book is The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, <clears throat> The Love Beyond Life. This is a book that was dedicated to uh, talk about my sister who passed away four years ago due to domestic domestic violence. Um, you know, this this book right here, I just be real, be transparent about our relationship and we really, really, really she was my friend. She was more than my sister. This girl was my friend and I I miss her love her dearly and I just uh number one, I'm grateful that I had a beautiful relationship with my sister. And my main thing if if nothing else, just to beg people, beg people, beg people. If you are in a domestic violence relationship, get out. Get away out. Get out. Do not keep that to yourself. Do not suffer in silence. Tell everybody. Don't just tell somebody. Tell everybody. And like I like I said earlier, press charges and keep it rolling. Don't don't change your mind. Don't let them give you a guilt trip. You do it because you don't know that person you may be dealing with may have a plan to kill you or do some harm. Let's be honest. So um, this is uh, in memory of my sister, Sheila Prater. So I thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night. Oh.